Welcome to the St. Joseph Radio Presents live program broadcasting to you from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. The program that for over 30 years has brought you eloquent speakers from across the globe to help explain, clarify, and evangelize the Catholic faith. Our program covers a variety of topics relating to current issues and occurrences in our daily lives. Now, with the aid of technology, we are able to bring the gospel message to the four corners of the world, where Christ himself did say, those who have ears ought to hear. It is our hope at St. Joseph Radio that through these programs, we can help evangelize the world and change one soul at a time. Now, here is your host to introduce today's guest and topic. Hello, and welcome to another edition of St. Joseph Radio Presents. Uh, I'm your host today. My name is Ray Gerard. Uh, with me in studio this morning is a very uh, special guest who has graciously agreed to be with us today. Her name is Barbara Stetner. Barb, welcome to the program. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So uh, the reason why uh, we have Barb with us today is because she has been the director of the Lecter Ministry at Assumption Parish for about 20 years now. And so what we're going to be talking about is, of course, what it means you know, to be a lector, but I think more importantly, you know, this whole idea of the living Word of God, how, in fact, the Word of God you know, it's not just, you know, simply, you know, a bunch of, you know, verbiage from some dusty old text, but that it is divine, it is inspired, it is active. It's, it's in fact, very active, that it is, in fact, alive. Now, uh, before we get into all of that, what we are going to do, as we always do on this program, is to start with a prayer. And, uh, Barbara, if you'd be so kind to lead us in that. In the name of the Father, Father, and of the the Son, and of the the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Oh, Lord, we ask you to fill us with your Holy Spirit, that we may speak your word, because it is living and effective. It is living every time we hear it. Your word lives in us and works through us and is effective in saving souls. We thank you, Lord, for giving us this gift of being able to tell people about your word. And we ask for your guidance and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit always. In the name of the Father, the Son, and and the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. I think just from that, if people didn't know you, they can tell why Uh, you've been a director of of this kind of a ministry for so many years, simply because, you know, I can just hear the sincerity in your voice and the faithfulness. Um, And that's what makes you a good lector, because that's obviously what you bring uh, to the table when you do read the Word. So thank you. Thank you for the prayer, and thank you for your ministry. Um, but, uh, you know, before we get started, maybe you could uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Now, did you grow up Catholic? Uh, no. Uh, actually, when I was born, my dad was big into uh, the Masonic temple thing, and I was born in a Masonic hospital. Oh. And after... I don't know, probably about five years. He he stopped going to that. I, I don't know why. He never told me. But um, but then we were just kind of nothing. We didn't go to church. We didn't talk about God. We didn't pray. Though my mom did have one of those little plates with the now I lay me down to sleep 
prayer on it. I do remember that. And uh, brothers and sisters, how big was how big, what was the, the size of your family? Oh, it was just my mom, my brother, and myself. We lived in Chicago. I was born and raised there, but my whole family comes from Tennessee. Ah, okay. They were poor cotton sharecroppers. Oh, okay. Yes. So everybody grew cotton and picked cotton back then. <laughs> and we would always go down to Tennessee to see the relatives three times a year. Uh-huh. And um, so that was the highlight of my life, just visiting the grandparents. So how did you go from, you know, I mean, what changed? How did you go from being, as you say, sort of like a nothing to, you know, having faith become, you know, such a part of your life? Well, when I was in high school, I got into like palm reading and tarot cards and uh, I would have told people I was a witch <laughs> and gave my soul to, the, to Satan. Really? Yes. You yes. would have said that. Yes. And then nothing happened. So I thought, well, okay, we'll just keep going. And then I met my husband. We got married. He was Catholic. He went to 12 years of Catholic school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that feeling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was a public school kid. And uh, so about a year after we got married, I was totally surrounded by God's love. It was an amazing experience that totally changed my life. Now, before this, so it was about a year into your marriage. Um, did you go to church? No. Did not? No. And your husband? No, he did not go he either. He did not either. Yeah, he okay. was fallen away Catholic. Okay. Yeah. So um, I was just totally surrounded by God's love. And he said, be not afraid. And it totally changed my life. I had a total conversion experience. Really? Yes. And you mean like a, a quick, kind of a sudden thing? It was, yes. Very sudden, unexpected. And um, so I searched and I looked and I talked to my husband and um, I tried all these different denominations and um, independents and Tried to learn as much as I could, started reading the Bible, Mm -hmm. and I came to the conclusion that going with the original is a good idea, that my husband was Catholic and had been raised that way and baptized, so that's probably the best path for me. But um, So I was baptized. So you went through an RCAA... Program? No, it was uh, I. We lived in Northwest Missouri. We had an eighty-acre cattle farm at that time. My husband worked for engineering in at TWA mm-hmm. at their overhaul base, and um, so I worked the farm. And we had a little small parish called Saint Munchen, okay, filled with very quiet old people, and. I was just instructed by the priest, so um, I was baptized on Mother's Day in 1979 when I was pregnant with my first child. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
And uh, so then what follows? Just going to church on Sundays? Uh, Still finding out as much as I could about God. Okay. But I did start lecturing. Oh, even even back then? It was just coming out that women could lecture. I had no idea there was a difference that women couldn't do it before. Right. But um, I was allowed to lecture, and so that's what I started with because before— when I was at Mass, the lectors would just kind of in a monotone say, <laughs> indeed, the Word of God is right. living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword. And you're, Yeah, in, you're, you're reading from a scripture <laughs> passage that, and I was really curious because this morning uh, before coming down here to the studio, I decided to look up you know, the Mass reading for today. And it's the one you're quoting from. It's the very one you're quoting from, uh, the Word of God, and, and this we're definitely going to get into, living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. And if yes. you give any thought to this passage a little bit, you know, I mean, the subject is the Word of God. It's the Word of God that is penetrating. Yes. It's almost like the Word of God is like God. The Word of God is, is, is actually alive, and of course it is. But anyways, back to our story. Yes. Um, all right, so you start, one of the very first things you start doing, I guess before what? Before you even really had much of, no, you know, much of a knowledge of the Catholic faith? Because, I mean, for a lot right. of years, I sure didn't. I mean, I, I was called Catholic for a lot of years and really didn't know much about our faith. Uh, but even, you know, back then, early on, you decided to lecture. Yes, and I thought, you know, by this time my child had been born and I was reading little stories to him. I don't know how much he understood because he was still a baby. But I thought, I can read better than that. <laughs> and before this, though, I would have been terrified to get up in front of a group. I just... It would not have been possible. So I actually had this gift from the Holy Spirit that I could do this. I still get nervous. You mean to, to volunteer to be a lector, you felt like you were encouraged or motivated for some kind of a gift of the Holy Spirit? Yes, yes, because I couldn't have done it otherwise. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Yes. So you decided to do this? Yes. So uh, the first time I lectured, it was a very long reading. <laughs> and I started well. And then I <laughs> got faster. Things went downhill from there. <laughs> yes, I got faster and faster. I thought, people don't want to hear me talk that long. <laughs> and then I realized they're not listening to me talk. They're listening to God talk. Yes. And God is touching their hearts. Yes. And after that, I went much slower because the key to lecturing is being slow and clear and loud. <laughs> yes, definitely loud. People got to yes. be able to hear you or it doesn't work. Yes. Um, so slow and clear. Yes. And loud. And, um, well, I guess we can... Maybe, um, well, all right, let, let, let's, let's, let's keep going. Um, 
So you, you're doing this at your parish. Yes. Um, and what, that continues the way it is for some years. I mean, you know, take us from that point to you're just starting out with this to like the time when you decide or volunteer or get picked to be, you know, director of elector ministry. So I don't know. Yes. Fill, fill in the gap for us. Yes. Uh, I had been lecturing quite a while. And Father Ron Rebelke was doing a lot of teaching so for us this, lectors. Is this, is this now in O'Fallon? Yes. Okay. Yes. So this is now at Assumption in O'Fallon. Right. Okay. Yes. So um, he would give us trainings, and then eventually he tapped me, and he said, we would like you to be the coordinator of the lectors and must, to train the new lectors. Must have, and obviously he must have seen something in you. Well, it, like I said, it's a gift from the Holy Spirit. So I think he saw the gift. Right, right. And um, I just always ask God that the people will not hear and see me, but they will hear and see God. And God will touch their souls before I lecture. So before you lecture, um, how do you go about your week in terms of preparing to give a reading on a Sunday? All right. I will practice every day. And Practicing out loud is important because God's Word is meant not to be read just from the page. It is meant to be spoken. God spoke, and He created the universe out of nothing. Everything that is existed because He spoke. Right. And when God's Word is spoken, it becomes powerful, living, and effective. But when... You're reading from the page, and you're reading aloud. You're mm-hmm. speaking. There's a distinction between simply reading aloud and speaking, or what is the better word, proclaiming the word? Well, we proclaim the word. Okay. So we don't just speak it, but we do proclaim it. And I try to think of what is God's intention with this word? What is his tone? How would God say this? And how will God touch hearts with this? So you practice it every day during the yep. course of a week. Yes. A couple of times, once, twice. Usually one, at least once every day. And then the day that I'm going to lecture, I will practice a few more times. Right, right. Yes. Um, It is time now to interrupt very briefly and simply remind our listeners that you are listening to St. Joseph Radio Presents. Uh, This is coming to you live. This program comes to you live every Saturday at this time uh, from St. Louis, Missouri, which we proudly proclaim (laughs) to be and somewhat, uh, well, not too humbly, I guess, uh, we proclaim to be the Rome of the West. But, well, actually, maybe to sort of uh, give some substance to that claim. I can tell you about a bunch of um, activities that are going that are going on in and around the Archdiocese. So if you're looking for uh, some information, uh, some ways to take your faith deeper, you could uh, listen to Father Anthony Wick. He is giving four talks uh, entitled The Practical Guide to the Spiritual Exercises of St. Ignatius. 
Uh, these are going to be held at St. Gerard Magella Church in Kirkwood. Uh, the dates are January 22nd, January 23rd, 24th, and 25th. They all begin at 7.30 p.m. Um, so that's uh, the exercise, spiritual exercise of St. Ignatius at St. Gerard Magella um, uh, later this month. Now, also, uh, John Mueller uh, is going to be giving a talk on faith and science. He's going to be giving a presentation on that at St. Clinus Church on Saturday, February 4th at 9 a.m. Uh, and then lastly, at Immaculate Heart of Mary Church in New Melly, on Sunday, February 12th, following the 10 o'clock Mass, there's going to be an insp- uh, a presentation given by Dr. Kenneth Howell on the Eucharist, the Eucharist Hidden Manna. So there you go. If uh, you're interested in maybe learning more about your faith, if, for example, you're a new Catholic, uh, or maybe you're a cradle Catholic that you know could use to learn a little bit more about the faith, and we all could, uh, we've got some interesting items for you there. Um, so, all right. So you get you get pegged to lead this ministry, and you're talking about the fact that, and you practice this a couple of times during the week before Sunday, um, every day, once or twice every day before Sunday. So you're reading this particular passage a number of different times. What comes out of that? Oh, the first time I read it, I read it through, and then I decide what is the tone. Plus, we also have a lector workbook, which is incredibly helpful. Mm -hmm. It has uh, a sidebar with notes, with pronunciation, because sometimes the pronunciations are very difficult. Um, And then it has help with what the tone is, uh, and that it has a commentary as well. But it's so helpful with background information, because when I understand what it is the word is trying to say, then I can understand it myself and help other people understand. And that's sort of a a key point, is it not? I mean, there's, there's always something in a particular reading that can help uh, somebody who's listening to it. And often enough in a reading, there are multiple things. Um, and a lot of times if you go over reading multiple times, you'll find, you know, different things. Or if you go over the same reading, you know, at a different point in your life, there are different things that are kind of come out. I mean, it, it has the capacity to, and I guess this is what I'm trying to, to get at, is that when you go over a reading multiple times, I mean, certain things come out or jump out or, or strike you um, with the wheat, with the with a reading, you know, do they not? I mean, there's yes, yes, because I will proclaim it in a different way each time, and it will take on a new meaning. Um, like there is uh, one from Jeremiah that says, "Lord, you duped me, and I let myself <laughs> be duped." But then you can also read it with, Lord, you duped me, and I let myself be duped. Where he's disappointed with himself rather than just angry. Right. So what is the tone? Right. And what's going on in my life? What do I feel at that time, too? Well, how is God speaking to me with that reading? Right. And when I know how he's speaking to me, I can relate to the other people who are out in the pews who may be feeling that same way, and they need to hear that message, that there is hope, 
and God does love them, even if things are difficult. And so to pick up from what you're saying, you're talking about God speaking to you, God speaking to, to people, and you talk about how he loves, loves all of us. I mean, isn't, isn't that like for, one of the things we mean when we say it's the living word? He does speak to us through these passages, does he not? And he does. And among the things he wants to tell us is the fact, among other things, that we are all, all loved. But I mean, that's, that's the key point, isn't it? That he actually speaks through these readings? Yes. Yes. Because a reading that I read a year ago or five years ago can hit me in a whole new way in where I am in my life right now, as opposed to how I read it and some of the meaning that it held for me five years ago. It is living and effective in my life at this moment. Right. I'm just uh, looking for it, and I think perhaps I found it. Yes, I came across an article. Uh, This was on catholiclink.org. Uh, it was written by uh, a fella is, uh, from England, uh, recent alumnus of uh, Franciscan U- University in Steubenville. Triple major in theology he has uh, and philosophy in the classics. Um, and he's a research fellow at the St. Paul Center in Biblical Theology. Anyways, he was writing about uh, five reasons to read the Word of God daily. And uh, first thing he mentions is the fact, he says, God loves us. Um, that our identity does not rest on our social status, family situation, wealth, or physical health, or physical accomplishments, but it's we're defined by the Father's love for us. Yeah. And as you're speaking, I was just I think I, I, I just you know recalled coming across this article. It's that's the first thing that we can get from the Word of God, is it not? That we can get a sense that God loves us. And that could be everything. Yes, the whole Bible is filled, even the Old Testament, with how much God loves his people. Right, exactly, exactly. I mean, if you believe, if you, and I also believe that this is the case, that when, if you, for example, spend time with the Bible daily, five minutes perhaps, mm-hmm. he'll speak to you. He'll speak to you through those, you know, through that time that you give him. If you don't give him any time, then okay, you know, <laughs> that, that's up to you. But if you give him time, he'll speak to you. And if you get the sense that he actually loves you, and that comes through reading the scriptures, that can mean everything in your life. Yes. And yeah. I mean, what, what do you have if you don't have any sense of that? So that, that alone, yeah. I mean, you talk about the living word. I mean, that can have an effect on what you think about yourself, whether you have hope, whether you have despair. I mean, that can, that can make all the difference in your life. Yes, and even where I need to change and convert, and um, maybe I realize my sinfulness, that it wouldn't have hit me the same way five years ago or 10 years ago, that each time you read the Word of God— it is going to change you inside. It's going to touch your soul and make a difference in your soul in eternity. 
Right. It, and yes, it can make a change in your soul that will then last for all eternity. Yes. And that can come from reading. I mean, what a treasure we have. We do. What a treasure. Um, you know, they talk about, like, they talk about the word. Uh, another person I consulted was uh, John Paul II. And he gave, if I can find it here, and I just did. Um, he gave a little, I guess, talk um, when he was making a, another pilgrimage to Poland. This was in the uh, year 2000. And he talked about this precise subject, the living word of God. And he talked about the gospel of the eight Beatitudes, which are contained in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, he said uh, that gospel, which accompanies, he says that gospel and that sermon accompanies this pilgrimage that he was making in a certain way, and directs our thoughts thoughts to Christ. His life is the fulfillment of all the Beatitudes and shows forth a vision of Christianity which is valid for all time. Formed in the Spirit, those who follow and proclaim Christ will be for every generation living witnesses uh, to him. And so, okay, so we can read the Word of God, and we can get a sense of our own worth, our own identity that comes from his love for us. And then if we follow, and you were talking about some of them, you're talking about you know, repenting for your sins and so forth. If we follow the precepts and the advice and the recommendations given in the Word of God for us, as to how we should live and behave, then we become witnesses of that to other people. Yes. Yes, we are living witnesses. As a lector, um, people do look to you as an example. So you need to be a little more careful about how you live, what you say, in all circumstances, like when you're driving your car. People might see you driving your car, and how are you behaving? And then are you, if you're behaving badly, and then you stand up at church and you lecture that you should be patient and kind with all people and you haven't been, that can make your witness very difficult. A little less, a little less credible, isn't it? Yes, yeah, a little less effective. <laughs> a little less credible. Uh, so uh, we are here today talking about the living word of God. This is St. Joseph Radio Presents. And uh, we're talking with Barbara Stetner. She has been the director of the Lecter Program at Assumption Parish in O'Fallon, Missouri, for the past 20 years. We've talked a little bit about her journey to the Catholic faith and her journey to being a lector and then her journey to becoming a director of this very all-important ministry. And we're going to be continuing this discussion. We hope you'll join us in just a moment. Hi, this is Matt Logeman with St. Joseph Radio with a great gift idea, a St. Benedict bracelet, a trendy accessory for men, women, and children that not only looks good on everyone's wrist, but is actually armor for the spiritual battlefield. This unique bracelet is handmade in Europe and contains 10 medals within the braided cord in the adult size and seven medals in the children's size. On the front of each beautiful medal is St. Benedict holding a cross in his right hand, the object of his devotion. On the back of each medal is a cross. Surrounding the back of the medal and cross are the letters V. E R S N 
M-V-S-M-Q-L-I-V-B. And Latin reference, which translates, Be gone, Satan. Never tempt me with your vanities. What you offer me is evil. Drink the poison yourself. And finally, located at the top is the word Pax, which means peace. All bracelets come packaged with an informational card and the St. Benedict blessing, which your local priest can administer. This gift is for everyone you love and care about, including yourself. Available from St. Joseph Radio, check the website at www.saintjosephradio.net. St. Joseph Catholic Radio is proud to announce the launch of SJEN-TV, the St. Joseph Evangelization Network. SJEN-TV is a premier online Catholic broadcasting network providing quality Catholic programming 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We have programming such as live studio interviews, St. Joe's Java speaker presentations, current Catholic issues, and the pro-life series. We're featuring the many talented speakers out of Orange County, California, and the Archdiocese of St. Louis, Missouri including Professor John Gresham, Father James Mason, Karen Nokemper, Rick Hollerick, Bill Federer, and many more. To review the program list, go to sjen.tv or on Roku, sjen.tv. All this programming is free, and we are welcoming sponsorship of new programs. Find out more at sjen.tv. Okay, and welcome back. Uh, this is St. Joseph Radio Presents. Uh, I'm your host today, Ray Gerard, with me in studio, Barbara Stetner, who's... Uh, been directing a uh, ministry program, a lector ministry program, for several decades. And uh, so we're talking about what it means to read the Word of God, whether that's audibly as a lector in church, or maybe just in the quiet of your own home and reading the Word of God to yourself and what that, and what that can, uh, can bring to you. Um, but uh, I'll tell you what, why don't we talk about um, lectors, per se, the lector ministry um, and uh, specifically, you know, what kinds of things you do to help lectors proclaim the word better? Um, you know, what kind of things you do to help, you know, train lectors? Okay. As a matter of fact, you have a training session coming up next week, do you not? Yes, we do. Um, at least once a year, we try to plan a, um, a lector workshop. And this year, we've got something special. I try to mix it up and do something a little different every year. Sometimes it is proclaiming a selected reading from the AMBO that we've selected, or... And what happens with that? Do you have people, you'll have, what, 15 people or so in a group, and they'll come for an evening session or a Saturday afternoon session? Right. We'll break it up into groups because at Assumption, we have 45 lectors currently, and if you try to go through 45 lectures doing that, that's... <laughs> that's not going to work. Uh, no, not going to work. So we break it up into smaller groups for that. And sometimes, I think last year, we had them look at some Bible verses, and they each reflected on that. And it was amazing, the faith that they were able to share from the, the Scripture verses we gave them. And it was inspiring to everyone who came. This year, we're doing something special. So, that kind of, so before, just before, if I can interrupt, just before you continue with, with what you're doing this year, um, so people shared their personal reflections on certain Scripture passages, Scripture yes. readings? Yes, on how Scripture has impacted their life. So they're not just reading or practicing how they read. When you did... These sessions where people would practice a reading, and, you know, you had 15 people, and 
Each yes. one would take a turn doing a reading. Would there be constructive comments afterwards, so a group comments session? Yes, we would have. Uh, everyone could offer encouragement or things ways did, that people could improve their lecturing. Or things they did well. Yes, things they did well, things that maybe they needed to be louder. Mm-hmm. Maybe they needed to adjust the microphone. So a very practical session. Yes, yes. Um and, and then this other, yeah, go ahead. We learn things about that too because we're sitting out in the pews with the rest of the lectors and we are listening to them proclaim. And we can even improve our lecturing. Of course. By the example of each of the other lectors. We take what is good. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we learn that maybe. Something we hadn't noticed before, like adjusting the microphone. When you don't have the microphone at our church pointed directly at your mouth, then we still couldn't hear them. Right. So it's all about making sure that you can be heard. Yes. And that's important. Yes. One of the priests told me once that 95% of lecturing is making sure you are clear and loud. Yes. Yes. Because if they can't hear you... (laughs) <laughs> then all the rest is just so That's much right. so much wasted effort. Um, but then this other session you're talking about where they would give reflections. Mm-hmm. So as opposed to the practical, now you're going to more like the personal, the subjective, and just trying to get an idea for what these people, what they feel. I mean, isn't that touching on the living word aspect of yes. Scripture? Like what is this Scripture? How is God speaking to me in the scripture, isn't that maybe what what came out of that session? Yes, yes. Um, the lectors were able to relate to one another and to God's word in a way that they were not used to. Right. And I think all of us grew spiritually because of that. And that's part of being the lector coordinator is spiritually encouraging all of the lectors to grow in Scripture and their relationship with God. And each week I send out a lector email. Sometimes it will have to do with the gospel. I'll make a comment that has to do with the gospel or with the first reading or the second reading and perhaps something for us to reflect on and uh, apply to our lives. And other times if I have too much practical information to give out, then I, I don't do that. But I do like to put in a reflection on something from this upcoming scripture for that Sunday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, okay, so um, you've, had, you've done practical sessions. You've done sections, you know, sessions uh, a little bit you know, different than that, where you're trying to get people to, um, I guess, reflect Uh, give their own personal reflections to a group. Mm -hmm. And then, as you say, this year you're trying something still different. So why don't you tell us about this year? Yes. So January 22nd is Word of God Sunday. So we are having a lecture retreat that includes a luncheon on the 21st, focusing on the Word of God. So to promote that. You know, my theory is if you feed them, they will come. <laughs> so um, 
We are including a St. Bede luncheon. St. Bede is the patron saint of lectors. And so I usually include something from him every year. And this year, he lived in the year 700. So we are having food that St. Bede would have eaten in the year 700. Not all of it, but uh, a representation of that. Okay. So I'm trying to be very authentic here. Not not, not purely authentic. authentic. <laughs> not purely authentic because, um, you know, we're not going to have eel and minnows, <laughs> but we will be having some fish. We're going to have roasted vegetables, but we won't be including potatoes because uh, potatoes weren't eaten at that time. We won't be having tea or coffee because tea and coffee was not introduced to Europe until like the year 1610 to 1615. Okay. So we're going to avoid those. Um, the people then drank beer and wine. So first time ever, we're going to include some alcohol. A little beer and a little wine. Yeah. In moderation. Yeah. <laughs> so um, uh, it should be a fun way to celebrate this Word of God Sunday and St. Bede, who was a doctor of the church, and how important he was to the church. He was a monk and a priest, and he wrote, I think, 45 books. And he is uh, quite a learned, intelligent man, and um, he was wonderful at speaking the Word of God. So that I mean, and, and that's that's quite true, isn't it? Often yes. enough, that when you share a meal with people, yes, it does bring people together. It does. It makes people more comfortable. Yes, and brings them together. Yes. So each lector at that time will have a scroll. Okay. That I have printed out that will have a verse from Scripture that has the Word of God in it. And so they will get to share at their tables a little bit while they're eating. And then each one will go to the microphone and they will share their Word of God scroll with the entire group. And then we will uh, have some reflection on that. And then that's going to take a little while because so, so far we've got 30 of the 45 lectors signed up. For this one session. So they're going to... So it's a short, it's not like a full reading, it's a short, it's a passage. It will be short, like three yes. or four lines. Yes. And then they offer a little bit of their own reflection yes. on that. Right. So it's kind of a little combination of the practical and the personal. Yes. Ah, okay. And then at the end, Father Nick will come and commission all the lectors. We had a little a little ritual, a little, no, a little pomp, a little circumstance. Yeah. Right. A little to signify the value of what these people are, are doing. The fact, you know, reading the Word of God is an important function. It's a privilege, right? Yes, it is quite the privilege to be able to speak God's Word. It is a huge privilege. Right. So, um, and I think and that, that sounds like um, that's a good thing to do is, you know, every year or every half year, you know, whatever your parish might, uh, you know, might work, you know, in your parish. Um to get the lectors, to get lectors together as a group, to give them a sense of being part of a group. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, having a sense of being part of a parish, having a sense of being part of a group in a parish. I mean, these are all important things. I mean, it's yes. this whole idea of community that is important in the church. Right? Yes, and we have a life teen program at our church, 
And so during COVID, everybody kind of forgot what they were supposed to do during the mass. Yeah. And uh, we were having trouble with getting the teens to lecture and to do all the things that they were doing before then. So I just recently trained uh, a group of teen lectors that will be lecturing at the, the teen Life mass. Teen Masses. And then we're also going to do a special lecture workshop specifically for the teens uh, because they, they are at a different place right, than right. adult lectors than are. The old, older folks, yeah. And um, that's important, is it not, you know, when, they're, when people are younger, to yes. give them a sense of what? Being supported? Yes, and being involved in the church, it gives you more, I don't know if that's the right word, but ownership of this mass that you have committed to. And they, are, they have stepped up so much. They are ushering. They are uh, learning how to sacristan. They are learning... Uh, there, we've got altar servers that are teens, and the teen lectors are showing up. They're being very responsible. They are practicing and preparing, and they are doing a great job delivering the Word of God to the people. As opposed to a situation where, what, you don't have anything specific for teens, and, you know, you you don't have anything in your parish in terms of activities directed specifically towards teens or kids or people, young adults, maybe in their 20s, what have you. Um, and you kind of, what, don't maybe pay specific attention to them, whereas if you do, um, yeah, I mean, what, that, that, that should have, you would hope, a positive effect on, on the younger people. Yes, yes, because we need to evangelize each new generation. The adults cannot fall down on that job. We have to keep evangelizing because these teens are going to be adults, hopefully, in the church in the next few years. And they're going to be the young adults, and they're going to be bringing their children to Mass. And they are going to be the example. They're going to be the ones that take over for me when <laughs> this old lady is too old to do this anymore. But besides just you know preparing them to give to others, you're really— helping them and give them the tools they're going to need to go forward just with their own personal lives. I mean, if you, yeah. right, if you ground them, um, if, if you help ground them in their faith, then you give them the tools that they need to have the strength for whatever may come. Yes, because trials will come, as we all know. Uh, difficulties and trials come, and Scripture and our relationship with God is what prepares us to embrace those changes and make the sacrifices we need to make to keep serving God our whole lives. So I was reading, I read this book recently on uh, St. Vincent uh, Ferrer. And um, there's this part in the book where it recalls this very mystical experience he has where he's... Mm. He's visited by Christ himself, the risen Lord, along with St. Francis and St. Dominic, and they all come to him at one point, and they commission him. He's given a mission mm -hmm. to go out <clears throat> and uh, preach repentance for my judgment is at hand. So he's got this very important mission that's going to color the rest of his life. 
But anyways, um, right after right after that, this biography about him talks about the fact that uh, divine providence was pleased to confirm his mission not only by many miracles, as he had done with Adam, uh, da da da, also by the authority of holy scripture. He took strength from holy scripture, strength in the knowledge that you know preaching repentance for judgment of God was at hand, similar to St. John the Baptist. Um, you know, I mean, not an easy thing to do. He was supposed to go all over Europe and then, of course, uh, abroad. And what sustains you in all that? I mean, I'm sure there are terrible hardships and trials that he had to endure, and it was the Scripture, what was in the Scripture, that, you know, that, that Christ is our Savior, that Christ was sent down by God, that Christ sacrificed himself for us. I mean, all of that. Uh, you, you know, it is scripture that tells us this. Yes. Yes, scripture. You can find anything you need to know in scripture. Anything worth knowing? Yes. Anything yes. worth knowing? Yes. So this is, I just wanted to uh, let everybody know once again that this is uh, St. Joseph Radio Presents coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri, the Rome of the West. And also, just one more time, uh, some announcements of some things that are going going on in and around the Archdiocese of St. Louis. Uh, Father Anthony Wick is giving four talks on a practical guide to the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius. Uh, they're going to be occurring at St. Gerard Magella Church in Cook, Kirkwood on January 22nd, 23rd, 24th, 25th at 7.30 p.m. Also, uh, Sean Mueller is going to be giving a presentation on faith and science at St. Cletus Church on Saturday, February 4th at 9 a.m. And uh, then Dr. Kenneth Howell is going to be giving a talk on the Eucharist, Hidden Manna, uh, at uh, the Immaculate Heart of Mary Church in New Melly. That's going to be on Sunday, February 12th, following the 10 o'clock Mass. Okay, so uh, we've talked about a bunch of things here, um, but uh, perhaps uh, we, you know, before... Our time is over uh, for this particular program. We should talk about maybe some some quotes, whatever, that uh, I guess helps sustain you. Um, some quotations, perhaps, that you thought are, are relevant to the role of being a lector. Okay. Um, Pope Pius XII said, All Christians receive gifts. And I told you that lecturing for me was a gift from the Holy Spirit. And Pope Benedict the Sixteenth said. And so, before we just and forgive me, I mean, <laughs> you know, sometimes I, I have this, you know, little habit of of like interrupting you. That's okay. But I mean, that's an yeah, I mean, that, that's an important enough idea that I I don't know. I just feel like maybe we shouldn't just let it let it slide. Do you feel like you're still receiving gifts? Um, when you lecture, I mean, you know, maybe, you know, something to, to fortify you to keep doing it or I, I don't know. Why is why is that? I mean, that, that means something personally to you, this idea of, you know, receiving gifts. I know you've talked about it a little bit. Well, God gives us gifts for a reason. And God said that um, his word does not return void, but it will achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So I am still working on achieving the purpose for which God sent me. And um, 
That means you can't quit the you can't quit being the director of the ministry yet. Not till well until they tell me. You know, they they could tell me the priest could say, well, we think it's time for a new person, uh, and that's okay. That means it's time to move on because God does call us to different things at different times. And recently, I've had several inspirations that I am working on and different projects that I think God has given me to work on. So. Um, He's keeping me very busy. <laughs> uh, so, so give us another one. Give us uh, another one. Something Pope else Benedict the Sixteenth said, "How are you using the gifts that you have been given, which the Holy Spirit even now prepared to release within you?" God doesn't quit releasing the Holy Spirit in us. I mean, that's that's sort of a, a majestic kind of a concept, isn't it? Yeah. That we have been given a gift by the Holy Spirit, to do something with our lives. Yes. That's, I mean, that's an immense kind of a thought and one that maybe we're not always so comfortable with. Right, and it could be a great, a great enormous thing like Mother Teresa hmm. that affected the whole world. Or it could be something as simple as someone with the gift of hospitality who will visit their neighbor and take soup to anyone who is sick, um, or it could be the lectern, or you could have many gifts that cross many areas in your faith life. It's different for everyone. Right, right, right. Yeah, it is. It certainly is. But it is true. We all have these gifts. Yes. We've all got these plans for us, something that we're supposed to do with our lives. Um, and... Uh, and those those are those are certainly blessings, are they yes. not? Yeah. All right. There's one more I think you have there. Okay. Good example is the most efficacious apostolate. You must be as lighted lanterns and shine like brilliant chandeliers among men. By your good example and your words, animate others to know and love God. Saint Mary Joseph Rosello said that. And what does that, you know, what does what does that conjure up? What does that what does that mean to you? Why is that so? Why is that something that you picked as being important for a lector? Well, as a lector, we animate the voice of God. God uses our voice to speak to the hearts and souls of all the people that hear us, because this is His word, and He wants hearts and souls to change. And it's part of us being that small part of bringing those souls to Christ. Because as lectors, we are talking to little children who have never heard the Word of God before. They haven't heard these stories. We are talking to someone who maybe heard those stories as a little child, but they've wandered into the church after wandering away from God. Maybe they've gotten involved in uh, drugs or any crime or any number of things that have caused them to stray from the path of God. And they need to hear that right then. We may be talking to old people who are getting close to going to be with the Lord in eternity. And we need to make that story, that word of God, come alive for them too. Not to just say, 
oh, ho-hum, I have heard that story before. <laughs> right. It's got to be told in a way that will touch everyone hearing it. You know, you could probably give, like, there's all kinds of pointers about voice inflection, pace, speeding up, slowing down, et cetera, et cetera, all these little fine points of oratory. Um, but if you're going to try to do what you're just talking about and proclaim it so that, you know, it, 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 it impacts people with, you know, the depth of the meaning and the, and the divine messages that are contained in Scripture, how important do you think to, you know, for that, besides the oratorical skills, is the lector's own personal faith? I usually have to practice before I lecture. But there are some of the lectors who are so amazing. And they can get up and they can read that word of God with faith and feeling because they have such a tremendous relationship with God. And they are reading their word of God every day. It's not a stranger to them. The Word of God is their friend. And it, I have to build on that friendship all the time. Yeah, right, and exactly. they do too, but they can get up and cold read something that I can't. Right, right. Yeah. So, uh, Barbara, I want to thank you once more for being with us today, for giving us uh, your time to talk about... The Word of God, how it affects people, how it affects you just simply from reading it, how it speaks to you, how God speaks to you through the Word of God, and how, you know, it's important for people to perhaps, if it's their gift, their calling, to share their Word, to proclaim it to other people. So the Word of God, being a lector, all of these things. Barb, thank you very much. Join us again next time on this program. Thank you. listening to St. Joseph Radio presents from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. If you would like to join us in our evangelization efforts, you can order a copy of today's broadcast or any of our past programs by visiting us on our website, stjosephradio.net. That's S-A-I-N-T, josephradio.net. Or call us, 636-447-6000. It's all at your fingertips to help us evangelize the world, bringing the good news of Christ to everyone you meet and change one soul at a time. Thank you for your prayers and support. Until next time, may God bless you and your family. This has been a presentation of St. Joseph Radio Presents.